Hello, viewers. Once again, it's me, Edwin Norman, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. These subjects that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Why Should We Love God? However, before I get into that, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy, and while that tune is playing, you can go ahead and subscribe, and also click the notification bell so that you can be notified when we make our next video. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Why Should We Love God? The Bible has talked a lot about loving God, especially in Deuteronomy. It really talked about the love that God showed for Israel, free Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verses 7 to 9, for example, and then the love that we had to show back to God, in free Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You should also read chapter 10, verse 12 of the same Deuteronomy, and Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our might, being the first and greatest commandment, has been a common topic, and even really common knowledge in the Bible. But we have to ask ourselves the question, why should we do that? Why do we have to develop the idea of loving God? Well, that is what I am going to be talking about today. I'm going to give you reasons for why it is beneficial for us as Christians to decide to love God and keep His commandments. But before I get into that, there is something that I have to lay out for you guys, and that is what it exactly means to love God. Because many people, when they think about loving God, it's just about the mouth, clapping hands, because they think that hymns are really nice. If we read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, because such people who were righteous were advised to do that. 
But really, to love God means to defend his principles in our own atmosphere, whether that be our families or our marriages, other kinds of relationships, etc. And the love that we have for God is the same kind of love that we, a wife, for example, has to her husband. When a wife loves her husband, she defends him. She protects his principles. She makes sure that what the man wants is what presides in the family. If she has kids, she makes sure that the kids always obey the rules and principles of her husband because she loves her husband. If we look at the love that a child has with her parent, his or her parent, it's the same idea. You wanting to defend, give support, render help, whatever kind of thing it is, it all comes from love. And God, for true Christians, is asking for the same thing. If we, there are even examples in the Bible of people who had done that kind of thing to sort of broaden our understanding on this idea. For example, in Numbers chapter 13, from verses 1 to 33, specifically from verses 27 to 33, we see that the 12 spies, one from each tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel, had gone out to check out the land of Canaan, just so that they could have an idea of which land they were actually going to. And when they came back, two people, Joshua and Caleb, had given an honest and optimistic report. They wanted the land that God wanted to give to them. They were supportive. They knew, of course, that the giants were much bigger than them. They knew that the wall, the cities of Anax were fortified and stuff. But they still were hopeful in God. And because they loved God, they wanted to give an honest report to Moses. But the other ten, because they didn't love God, they were just negative. They were just against the entire idea. Giving excuses like, oh, you know, the giants are so much taller than us. To them, we're like grasshoppers. We're so small. There's absolutely no way we can do it. That kind of negative attitude, they weren't supporting God at all. But because Joshua and Caleb did, they were able to inherit the land. And they were still strong to defeat the people there and to enjoy themselves in the land. If read Joshua chapter 14 and verses 10 and 11, or from verses 10 to 13 for more details. That is just what it means to love God. But when we capture that, I ask again, why should we exactly do that? What are the benefits that we will exactly get? And what are the consequences if we decide not to follow such people? I will discuss those in this video. Starting off with when we love God the way I've just described, things are easy. Things are simple. They're not difficult. The reason why the Israelites and God Almighty were never really on the same sides of the fence was because they were, one was stiff-necked, the way the Israelites were to God. God described them as a stiff-necked people to circumcise their foreskin of the heart. If we read Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 6, chapter 10 verse 16, and Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 4, because they created their own personal righteousness, they were proud doing that, and they cast out the righteousness of God, and that they were never on the same ends again. But when we love God, we do not have such problems, but rather we agree with each other. 
Remember that Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Jesus Christ and God had a very smooth relationship, and we can see that in the history of Jesus. There were never any conflicts with his father. There were never disagreements with his father. They, it was such a calm relationship that really there was nothing wrong with it. Everything was just going fine. And the statements of Jesus Christ in John chapter 4, verse 34, chapter 5, verse 30, chapter 6, verse 38, John chapter 12, and verses 49 and 50, and chapter 14, verse 28, all prove the same thing. For my father is greater than I as that John chapter 14 verse 28 states. And all the other places state similar things. The fact that they had a very smooth relationship because they agreed on the same thing. Job was described by God as somebody who he was very kind to because he didn't really need to worry about him all that much because of his integrity. And integrity being he was a man of principle to God's Principles, if read Job chapter 1 verse 8, sticking to good and eschewing evil. It's very important that we understand when we are loving to God, we will have a very smooth, calm, and peaceful relationship with God. And such advice also goes to wives and to children. Children who are obedient are always very honorable and always very wanted by their fathers and mothers, but children that are foolish are always a disgrace to their parents. If read Proverbs chapter 10 verse 1, chapter 17 verse 25, chapter 19 verse 13, chapter 15 verse 20, and many other places all over the Bible. And I also talked about this in my video, Kids and the Challenge of Obedience. People who agree will always have easy relationships with each other. I hope this makes sense to all of you viewers. Another reason for why it's good to love God is that because God knows the future, He secures the good future for us. But what do we exactly mean by this? Well, the child analogy helps us to understand this idea. When a child loves his or her parents, she or he believes in the parents. And because parents have the future already set before the child is even born into the world, a child who trusts his or her parents will make that future easy to just go ahead and start living. But a child who's disobedient, a child who is very set in his ways, who already has an idea of how he wants to be, will not trust the parents, and then the future might not be the exact way, because of course the parents understand the society more than the child does. And similarly, we, when we love God, we trust God, and we can allow God, therefore, decide our futures, and the futures that he decides for us are never bad. If we read Proverbs chapter 3, from verses 5 to 7, King Solomon had stated, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. He will give his children the expected end. 
If read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the futures of his true children will always be nice. If read Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 7, and Psalms chapter 37, verse 37, the future that is given to righteous ones is one that we cannot imagine. If read Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. No one hath seen, nor ear heard, neither has come into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that who? Them that love him, as St. Paul had stated in that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The idea of loving him can bring those futures to us because people who love others will trust those people. Then when we love God, God will protect us. He will protect our space and our interests. Physically speaking, a wife who loves her husband will be protected by the husband. I explained this in my video, Submission and its Difficulties. A proud wife, somebody who doesn't want to be submissive, will never be protected by the husband because, of course, the woman doesn't even trust that the husband should have the right to even do such a thing. And, of course, that is never the best way to live because somebody who envies her husband or doesn't believe in her husband, doesn't love her husband, will always be a rottenness to the family free that proverbs chapter 12 verse 4 but when we decide to love our husbands if we are wives our husbands will protect us because they can only have continuous submission when they do their own part which is why husbands have been advised to love their wives especially when they are submissive and Obedient, if read first Peter chapter three verse seven and Ephesians chapter five from verses twenty-five to twenty-nine. And God said himself that he will protect the righteous, their space and their interests. In Psalms chapter thirty-one, verse twenty-three, David the Psalmist had stated, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. In Psalm chapter 84, and verses 10 and 11, David the psalmist had also stated, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. It is the same idea. When we trust God, when we love Him with all our heart, soul, and mind, our interests and our wishes to Him don't fall to the ground. This is why when the Ark of the Covenant was stolen by the Philistines, the Philistines thought that, oh, look, we can just undermine the Israelites and we can take their Ark and maybe it can improve our land. But God protected the value of the Israelites, the importance of the Israelites by making sure that wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, that land would have to suffer something, whether it was to lose a war or anything else. From 1 Samuel chapter 4 to 1 Samuel chapter 6, before the Ark of the Covenant was finally returned back to Israel, after the Philistines found out that God was protecting the value of the Israelites and the value of the Ark of the Covenant itself, because he has promised to do so to his children. If you also read 2 Chronicles chapter 20 from verses 1 to 30, it also talks about that same protection. And I use this example to explain a sermon on this Jehovah, a stronghold in the day of trouble. 
You can watch that video for more details on how God protects his children. But in that story, we see that King Jehoshaphat was doing his thing, but then there were the people of Ammon, the people of Moab, wanted to take over the land of Israel. And they were a great multitude indeed. But God saved them by bringing the people of Mount Seir, and the three of them battled themselves together. And all King Jehoshaphat needed to do, of course, was to take their spoil and bring it to their land, because God was protecting them. Remember, God doesn't just protect everybody, because when the Israelites did not worship God, when they were pleasing God, they lost their battles, they were taken into exile like what happened with King Nebuchadnezzar. And in AD 70, of course, if we know the history, they were finally destroyed, them and their traditions by the Roman Empire, the abomination of desolation. If we're in Matthew chapter 24, in verses 15 and 16. That is what happens to people who do not love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might. Also, when we love God, if God has any blessings to drop for his children, he will drop them in our families because really there isn't much of a better place to drop such things. For example, in Luke chapter 1 from verses 5 to 7, specifically verse 6, we see that Zacharias and Elizabeth were living their lives according to God's principles, blameless. And what does that mean? They kept the commandments of God with a willing heart, the way King Hezekiah had done in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 3, and 2 Chronicles chapter 31, in verses 20 and 21. And though they were old, because they were righteous before God, God said, if I need to bring a forerunner, which of course he did, he wanted a forerunner to sort of preach to people that Jesus Christ was coming, so on and so forth. God remembered those two people and said, I'm going to drop this heavy blessing on that family. And of course, it happens. They gave birth successfully and John the Baptist came to forerun Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter. It's very important that we keep this in mind. God does not forget the works of the righteous. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shewed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. However, people who do not love God and they're praying to God, they're trying to appeal to God's attention in a wicked form, God is not going to remember to drop a blessing, but he's only going to remember to drop punishment for the fact that they're doing such a thing. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. If read Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8, and also verse 29. It's very important that we keep this in mind. But making this relevant in these last days, the kingdom of God has been set up, and it is going to take over what Satan has been doing for the thousands of years he has been ruling this world. If we read Revelation chapter 12 from verses 1 to 12, and chapter 19 from verses 11 to 21. This is a project, a seed that has been sown. If we read Matthew chapter 13 and verses 31 and 32, which is going to grow into a tree which will house the birds of the air, or spiritually speaking, the righteous ones of God. However, this project is like a farm. It needs workers. It needs supporters. People who will plow the land, etc., make the things grow so that, of course, it can sell and actually be a farm. Spiritually speaking, 
the kingdom of God, like I said, has been set up, but it needs people who will drive it, who will preach it, who will dispense the message about it, and who will make it thrive. And most importantly, if we design our families, design our marriages, design our relationships with other friends, etc., and make sure that the kingdom of God thrives God is not going to forget such a thing, but he is going to make sure that that thing that you have set up is not high and dry, but it is as a river flowing with milk and honey, like the land of Canaan, of course, was described. If we're in Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, in Jeremiah chapter 17, and verses 7 and 8, Jeremiah the prophet, under God's inspiration, talking about how the kingdom of God, which is the good that's coming, which we do not miss, but invest in, if we Matthew chapter 6, from verses 19 to 21, had stated, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. If read verses 5 and 6, it talks about the exact opposite. People who trust in man instead, invest in the beast, which is of course controlled by Satan the devil, and by his agents. Such people who are instead trying to deceive their families, deceive their children, by not letting the kingdom of God and its establishment thrive, but rather let the beast Whatever inventions that it is creating, if read Revelation chapter 13 from verses 1 to 4, thrive in that family. Such a man is going to be put in the book of punishment, God's memory, to destroy such ones. Because that is not loving God with all his heart so much. But when we love God and make the kingdom of God our priorities, if we Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and we invest that, that is going to be considered love of God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And God is going to remember us to live eternally in the world which this kingdom of God is going to lead to. If we John chapter 5, and verses 28 and 29. It's very important that we keep this in mind. But before I conclude, what happens to people who do not love God, but do the exact opposite? Apart from what I've just said about that, what happens to people who decide to not defend God's principles, not support His ways, and to expose them, undermine them, do whatever they can to make sure it doesn't happen? Well, of course, there are examples in the Bible of people who did this, and their judgments were quite Leak. Their ends were quite bad. In Numbers chapter 16, from verses 1 to 50, we see how Abiram, Dathan, Korah, the 250 princes, and some of the others that were supporting them as well, were trying to do the exact opposite of loving God. Like I said in the beginning of this video, loving God means to defend his principles, to render help and support. And physically at that time, the support would be to try to settle any riots that would ever be set up, try to make sure that Moses would have ultimate control over the land because he was the appointed leader if we read Exodus chapter 3. 
But instead, they were doing the very opposite. They were the leaders, the chairmen of the riots themselves. And they wanted to kill Moses, kill Aaron, so that they could prove to them that, oh, maybe God is also using us as well. When in reality, they were direct agents of Satan the devil, the direct rival of God himself. If we read Isaiah chapter 14, from verses 12 to 15. Nebuchadnezzar was also described as doing such a thing in Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 34 after the exile because in Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 34, 36 and 37 God describing what King Nebuchadnezzar had done had stated Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me he hath crushed me he hath made me an empty vessel he hath swallowed me up like a dragon he hath filled his belly with my delicates he hath cast me out. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will plead thy cause, and take vengeance for thee, and I will dry up her sea, and make her springs dry. And Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, an astonishment, and a hissing, without an inhabitant. That is what happens to people like King Nebuchadnezzar, who instead of feeling sober when they were taking such people to exile, they do it happily, they do it proudly and they do not want to render any kind of support to God at any point because they are too proud and full of themselves, puffed up, as St. Paul would say from time to time, to do such a thing. And in these last days too, like I talked about, people who do not preach that the kingdom of God has been set up, but would rather preach things that would directly drag them away from the kingdom of God are going to be judged because it is like that watchman that does not tell people when war is coming. If we Ezekiel chapter 33 from verses 2 to 6. Or like the people who would not preach the circumcision of the heart in Galatians chapter 6 from verses 12 to 16. It's very important that we keep all of this in mind. I hope we now understand what it means to love God and the reasons for why we should love God. God did not just say that he wanted us to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind just so that we can benefit. But it's also because we can benefit from us giving our hearts to him. He indeed appreciates it. And a token of such appreciation is eternal life and the other blessings that he can give from time to time. In Isaiah chapter 56, from verses 5 to 7, to conclude, Isaiah the prophet had stated, even unto them will I give in my house, and within my walls a place and a name, better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger, that join themselves to the Lord, to serve him, and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. I hope we now understand what it means to love God and the reasons for doing so. And I intend to go no further on discussing the subject, why should we love God? To conclude this episode, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy.
enjoyed this video. Hope you learned something most importantly. Please try to subscribe, share this video, and click the notification bell so that you can be notified when we make our next videos. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.